0: Hello, this is Simon Mayo and the Books of the Year pod getting back into a groove. Yung Chang doing the Q&A uh, in just a moment. Ronnie Barber on Twitter. Um, Today from four, I'll be broadcasting in 3D wearing jodhpurs in a trilby. Is there a possibility for a future podcast asking for a friend? Um, no, I mean, this is just part of the strange horsey nature stuff that that we're getting. Uh, I'm not. If, I mean, by all means, send in your horse queries. But I'm afraid they're going to have to wait until Matt can actually be bothered uh, to turn up. I'm afraid. Um, Fiona, Matt, you'd better tell Simon that if Bruce Springsteen is in the house, the Jim Carner's got to be good. That's true. So Bruce Springsteen is in town uh, in a few weeks' time. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be. But Matt could try and get a hold of Bruce Springsteen and do a Jim Carner chat because that would be quite good. He'd probably rather talk about horses than he would about his book. And his movies and his albums. On the Matt Haig uh, program, which we brought you a couple of months back, um, Vicar Dave says, Today's an emotional day. It's the first anniversary of my dad's death. My wife is away. My best mate is moving abroad. So I'm listening to Simon interviewing Matt Haig on Books of the Year. It's an auditory antidepressant doing what I need. Beautiful radio podcasting. Thank you, Dave. That's still available, of course. Uh, Faye Harland says, catching up with Books of the Year podcast with Matt Haig, always an absolute pleasure to hear Matt speaking about writing in the human condition, honest and passionate. The Emma John uh, podcast, Dinica, thank you. Another really interesting pod from Books of the Year. Emma John interviewed another book to add to the ever-growing list. Uh, Colin Oodle rhymes with noodle. Uh, surely the best Q&A podcast yet. Easily passed the 6 laugh test. And Emma John has left me yearning to try a Dorothy L Sayers book. Um, am I being more daft than usual? I thought I saw a list of all the books you've reviewed somewhere. Could you point me in the right direction, please? Thank you. Love the show, Steve. Um, yes, they're all on our iTunes page or our ACAS page. Uh, everything is listed there. Uh, Suzanne Hopkins, my latest library read was The Clockmaker's Daughter by Kate Morton. On page 251 of the paperback, there's a sundial in France with the following inscription Serious est quam cogitas. Translated as, it's later than you think. Hmm, heard that before somewhere. Anyway, this is our Books of the Year podcast. So uh, here comes Jung Chang with a and OK, so here we go with a, uh, another one of the Books of the Year Q&A sessions. I do the Q and Jung Chang is doing the A's. It's questions and answers to Yung Chang, uh, the author of Big Sister, Little Sister, Red Sister. If you want to hear the uh, the interview that I did with Jung, then that is... Uh, Available elsewhere, but probably where you got exactly the same as this podcast. So, Jung, are you ready to go? Here we go. So, the last book that you really, really enjoyed.
2: I mean, this year, I reread the book, Tolstoy's War and Peace, and really, really enjoyed it. I say this because I read it before, mm-hmm. when, when I was young, and I skipped all the war bits. That's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot there's, of war. There's a lot of war. And I, I just... Decided, I, I didn't like the the wars and the descriptions, um, and um, so I, and I then um, recently, fairly recently, I read Adam Zamoyski's Napoleon, and that inspired me to reread War and Peace, and with all the war bits because I wanted to know. A, bit more about the that war.
0: Because half the book you hadn't read last time. <laughs> you just read the peace bit.
2: Yes, no I kept I read the peace bit as well and I really really enjoyed it I just think he was such a fantastic book, a fantastic writer and the book had such panoramic scope and yet such minute details, descriptions and I, mm, I'm just, um, I'm totally bowed over and by the, the war bids as well.
0: That's the most impressive answer that we've had. Oh. So, yeah, Leo Tolstoy, War and Peace. Okay, question number two, your, who is your favorite novelist?
2: I think I have, of course, many favorite novelists. Um, perhaps one person is Martin Amis. I just love his use of language. I mean, it gets, I get intense pleasure um, reading and his books, and um, and um, get intense pleasure, enjoying how and seeing how language becomes this intensely pleasurable thing, and um, so I look out for all his books.
0: Might you be tempted ever to write a novel?
2: Me, mm-hmm. no. No, I don't think I'm I, I'm, I I think that gap between novel, non-fiction and fiction is difficult to cross. And I'm certainly not someone who can cross it.
0: Okay. How long do you give a book or do you always finish it? Do you have a cutoff point?
2: I used always to finish a book. I just, because I just wanted to um, see... Um, it's not just what's happening next. I just want to, to just find that I've vested, you know, invested so much time and uh, and I just wanted to see whether it turned out there was some good, mm-hmm. um, or even if I didn't like the book. But the fact that I had started um, somehow meant that I ought to finish it. But no, I've stopped doing that now. And I, if I feel really I'm getting nowhere, getting no pleasure, That that is, I will stop it
0: after what fifty pages, twenty pages. I think
2: more than that. mm.
0: Okay, Um, describe your book collection. Is it vast? Are you is it getting bigger and bigger? Do you file it alphabetically? Are you getting rid of them?
2: Um, <clears throat> no, I, I certainly have a vast book collection. Um, I'm, I'm not um, finding them alphabetically or anything. Um, I mean, they are just there. They are at places I know where they are. And most of my books, I'm afraid, are books I, I, I wouldn't read if I were not writing my books. Um, I think I probably have one of the biggest book collections about Mao, and about Emperor Zhao Tsushi and about you know Sun Yat-sen, Chiang Kai-shek, and the three sisters. So that means I mm-hmm. mean my books primarily um, Chinese collections. I mean uh, I um, that's my that's a lot of my so books. your house is overflowing. The total books. overflowing. The, I mean between me and my husband. And you know, the whole house is overflowing library. Uh,
0: Which books stand out from your childhood?
2: Okay, I can immediately think of Hans Christian Andersen because I was growing up under um, Mao in communist China. Um, And most books, Western books, of course, are banned were banned. Um, but Hans Christian Andersen, for some reason, um, well, for uh, Hans Christian Andersen was allowed because he was supposed to have exposed the ills of capitalist society. Uh-huh. I mean, books like A Little Match, The Little Match Girl, um, and The Emperor's New Clothes, um, were my childhood, um, hmm. fav- well, I mean, that gave me such deep impressions, so I remember them for life. And of course, the Empress' new clothes was, um, is an internal, e- eternal book. Um, and uh, the child was my all-time hero because he used such simple language. He sort of, ex. I mean. Told the truth. Yes, I mean, and and uh, just told the truth. It's uh, so important.
0: Very political, though, really, and it's amazing that that story was allowed.
2: Well, of course, when you were a child, you you, you didn't see these uh, ramifications, and I think the regime at the time didn't um, didn't um, didn't really think of think of this. Mm. Um, but of course, um, this is the 1950s and up to mid-1960s, when the Cultural Revolution happened in 1966, nearly all books were burned, virtually all books were burned and, um, and uh, banned, um, and Hans Christian Andersen was no exception.
0: Do you have a favorite biography or autobiography?
2: Um, I think that there is a book called My Past is Myself by Christabel Bielenberg. And she was, um, she grew up, she spent a lot of time in Nazi Germany. And her book was published, this book was published when Wild Swans was published. And we shared the same stage. And she was my grandmother's age. And the, the book made a deep impression
0: on me. When was the last time you used a public library?
2: Oh, was which was very uh, uh, not not long ago. But of course, I used the public library also for research. I think I went to the. It probably was um, the library at um, Columbia University mm. in New York, where they had a oral history project, and they 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 taped the memories of. Uh, of important figures who had fled mainland China in 1949 um, and they taped their memories and it was absolutely um, a treasure trove. Uh, can I change my favorite autobiography? Sure. I found the autobiography of somebody called Wellington Koo. Uh, Wellington Koo was a very important historical figure in Chinese history. Um, he was a famous diplomat, he was a famous statesman, and um, he lived to a long age, he had very sharp memory, and um, he was one of those who talk into a tape recorder and it came out a book. And uh, his autobiography, um, which which goes to many volumes, hmm. covers the history of modern China from the late um, manq Qing dynasty to fairly recently, because well. he also died in his nineties. Um, and I found that um, that um, book is very under undervalued. Well, un- uh, not many people seem to know about it, but um, it was an um, absolute treasure trove and very, very well written.
0: And what's it called again?
2: It's just called The Memoirs of Wellington Coup.
0: Memoirs of Wellington Coup. Mm. Finally, mm. Jung, is there a book that always cheers you up?
2: You know, my yes, my comfort reading is Jane Austen, and I always... Um, uh, find that it's sort of it, I get immense pleasure again from her language and from um, her her um, building of her characters and and with such light touch and so so enjoyable. Uh,
0: Jung, it's such a pleasure to meet you again. Thank you very much, Need for giving us some of your time. Thank you. So thanks to Jung Chang, uh, big sister, little sister, red sister, final a uh, piece of correspondence here uh, to Books of the Year at yahoo.com. Simon and Matt. Hmm. I know I'm playing catch-up and I'm still in 2018, but I listen to Books of the Year while I'm out walking in my lunch hour. We obviously don't have very far to go, Elizabeth, or many lunches. Anyway, I had to write to tell you how utterly absorbing the Robin Ince podcast was. <laughs> going back ages. It was fascinating and a huge pleasure to listen to all three of you in discussion all the podcasts are great, but this one will stick in my mind for a long time. Thank you so much. And read people not realising what the lyrics are to some songs, a lot of couples, for some inexplicable reason, choose Lord of the Dance for their wedding. Perhaps they like the thought of a song about dancing, but you can hear the hesitation creep into the congregation's voices when they get to verse 3 uh, about being whipped and stripped and being hanged on high, and being left on the cross to die. It's classic, lovely, happy wedding stuff. Uh, Elizabeth, thank you very much indeed. You can tweet us at Books of the Year and you can email, um, it's very late and I'm on my own, as you might have noticed, and you can email at yahoo.com. Thank you very much indeed for staying with us. There'll be another pod along very, very shortly and Matt has promised to attend. Frankly, I'll believe it when I see
1: it. If you're listening to this podcast, you must recognize the value of asking questions. At Aramco, our questions help us engineer a better future. How can today's resources fuel our shared tomorrow? How can we deliver energy to a world that can't stop? How can we deliver one of the fuels of the future? How can we sow curiosity to harvest ingenuity? To learn more about how innovation drives us forward, visit aramco.com slash powered by how.